Hi, I'm Annie Fitzgerald. I'm from the Northeastern Women's Hockey Team, and you're listening to College Hockey Talk. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of College Hockey Talk. On today's podcast, I'm joined by Northeastern women's hockey player Annie Fitzgerald. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, Annie, and how's everything going? Good. Thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Now, how's your offseason going, and have you done anything interesting, whether it's hockey or non-hockey related? Um, yeah, it's going well. It's nice to be home. Uh, I only got to get home once this year on Thanksgiving. So it was a long year. Um, Just kind of been spending as much time, you know, with family and friends while I can. Hockey, you know, skating, working out every day. So that's kind of, you know, nothing too exciting. But yeah. Mm -hmm. And how's your training going? And what are you working on uh, regarding your game for next year? Um, it's going really well, actually. So usually I'll train in Cape Cod with a friend from Wisconsin. And um, like I said, just because I didn't get to get home much this year, I thought it'd be best to find something local for the summer. So uh, I've been working with two uh, ex-pro guys, Russ Sinkowicz and uh, Jake Newton, and they're really awesome coaches. Um, and they just are kind of trying to like grow hockey and Cleveland so you know they do like one-on-one stuff and then they'll have like skates in the morning and it's nice because it's just a lot of a lot of ice for me to hop on so that's been good and then I got set up at like a really cool um gym um you know so it's like my first time working with both these places and it's it's super exciting like getting to do something local because there's not always a ton going on here so yeah well, that's good to hear. And how's the Cleveland hockey scene like? Like, what's it like being a player there? Because I know they have the AHL team that's there, and I know that there's a lot of players coming out of Ohio playing college hockey. So, what's it like being a part of that hockey scene and helping it grow? You know, it's it's funny because I feel like it's funny that you say there's a lot of people coming out of here because I feel like there isn't. You know, like I feel like it's just been like it's not like a super popular spot, you know, in comparison to like places like Minnesota or Massachusetts. And so like, especially being a girl, there's not like a ton going on, but the people that are coming out of Cleveland, like those, it's kind of nice because we all kind of skated one area because there's such a small group. And so like getting to play with all these different levels of players um, is just, it's super cool. So it's, there's a lot of people that have been awesome that I've been working with, like I've said. So, yeah, not a, not a lot going on, but what the, what is here is is pretty cool. Now, what's one area of your game you're hoping to improve on the most uh, during this off season? Um, honestly, a few different things. Like physically, I think just like getting stronger. Uh, I had an injury this year, and I think that I really like for the first time got like to understand the importance of like taking care of myself um like physically and like better preparation and recovery and stuff like that so and then I think that like will really translate into my game just like you know shooting like you know having a harder shot getting a quicker shot and then like mentally just kind of working to build my confidence so that like when that shot opportunity presents itself like you know that's something that I'm I'm ready to, you know, cause I just feel like I've lacked confidence of in my game in the past. So I think like, um, definitely, definitely confidence. I yeah, know confidence is part of a game that I think a lot of players don't consider, uh, how important yeah. it is because it's easy to lose confidence, but it's so hard to gain confidence, especially throughout a hockey season. So that's something that's very important to work on during an right. off season. And how do you like try to gain confidence uh, during an off season? Um, I think it just, like I said, like taking better care of myself so I know that I'm doing the right thing. So like, it's just whatever I can give, like that's it. And like, just knowing that I'm doing the best that I possibly can and, um, you know, like better, like self-talk and stuff like that. Just like, instead of like getting frustrated and, um, 
whatnot. I'm just more like focused on getting better and like not afraid to make mistakes, especially like I said, with this small group, it's like, it's just, you, you like become okay with making those mistakes and you get better and there's other people around you to push you to make you better too. So yeah. And I think also a lot of it will come when games start just because it's such like a game like situation, like that confidence, whether it's there or not. So that's also just a piece of it that's going to have to come later. Yeah. And have you faced any challenges uh, during this offseason dealing with the injury, like you just said, and also maybe with some restrictions still going around uh, because of the pandemic with ice being hard to find in certain areas and gyms being closed in certain areas as well? Um, honestly, I was able to get ice right when I got back um, home. And like I said, I got got into the gym. So I haven't had any issues in that regard. Um, as for like the injury, I've been like recovered for a few months now. So it's just kind of um, slowly getting back into shape. So I'm ready for preseason. Now, one thing from last offseason that is different from uh, this offseason was you have a little more certainty when the season's going to begin. Does that change your approach at all for this offseason and all kind of knowing that we're pretty, uh, pretty, it's pretty certain that the season's going to start in October, not like last year where you had no idea if it was going to start in January or December? Yeah, so um, just being ready, as ready as I can, like whether it starts in October, December, which, whenever it is, you know, last year, like, all the, like our coaches constantly told us captains, people on the team constantly saying like, you know, like we have to be prepared as if we're going to play. And whether that's like today or next week or the week after that, like we have to maintain that same readiness. Um, Because I think also like having those games get canceled and kind of having to like, it's like exhausting a little bit, like, like getting yourself ready. And then it's just kind of like, okay, you're not playing. And then it's like back to practice and it gets repetitive. But I think that like adversity really helped us grow as a team because um, I just think like we were just constantly ready, ready to go at any point, And we were ready for like um, anything that was unpredictable. And you also didn't know who you were going to play too, which I feel like is probably the worst part of that whole, because Hockey East, like they didn't announce the schedule until like the Tuesday before the weekend happened. So how did you like try to prepare for opponents uh, when you didn't even know who you're going to play? Right. So we would, I mean, the second they found out, found out who we were playing, like our coaches and our staff are so good. They were right on it with like film and, and um, you know, even like individual stuff and like just making sure to have everything ready, like the, pregame scout and stuff like that was all ready for us so they were really on top of it which we're lucky to have them to do that um because they kept it pretty organized so we were like kind of worried a few days but it's again it's just like no matter who we're playing no matter when we're playing we just have to be ready and like having that confidence in ourselves as a team that no matter who we're facing or when like we're gonna bring what we can to the table so let's transition a little bit and talk about the beginning of your hockey career and work all the way up to where you are now with Northeastern. So you're from Ohio, like you just said. Uh, How did you start playing hockey and what made you fall in love with the sport? Um, so my dad grew up in Cleveland as well. Same with my mom. And um, my dad played at a small like skating club. It's called the Cleveland Skating Club. And so it's just was like a Cleveland suburban hockey league rink. And so he played there growing up and then he went and he played in high school and then he played like D3 on the East Coast. And he was never like, like he wasn't like going to be like a pro or anything like that, but he loved the game so much. And so I have four brothers and so he kind of he got it we all played at one point and he was getting us like all into it like I was on skates by like probably like four years old and so um, I actually started figure skating first which is just like I can't even like imagine that I did that but um and then I saw my brothers like playing hockey mom was like you got to pick one like figure skating or hockey I was like okay I'm gonna go with hockey so I'm actually like my youngest brother's a was a freshman in high school this year and he's just gonna play like varsity at um at his high school but I'm kind of like the only one that's really stuck with it so yeah Having four uh, brothers, is there any was there any sibling rivalry that happened when you guys uh, played hockey together? Whether whether it was like during a practice or maybe when you guys did pond hockey as well, if you guys did that growing up. Oh yeah, all the time. It always ended in a fight of some sort. <laughs> like it, we like my brothers were all too 
far apart in age to have like played like with or against one another but like as a family and stuff like that like it got pretty competitive do you have any funny stories about like when you maybe um beat one of your brothers in a hockey game or something like that and then it might have escalated after the game as well um there's probably so many like it's just I try to block those things out of it (laughs) but um yeah like I mean nothing like specific it's just like it would always turn into something it was just like you know like a fun game and then we're all super competitive so then it would just turn into something that I didn't need to be there's been silent car rides home from like a pickup game it's just yeah Mm -hmm. it's ridiculous but I can't think of anything specific but I'm sure there's a lot of stories if I really thought about it now, who was your favorite player growing up? Was it someone in the NHL or was it a female player from the national team? Um, so there was always like Patrick Kane, you know, just like, just that kind of like made me love the game even more. It's like, I wasn't seeing anyone do anything like that. And then it kind of like inspires you a little bit. So you're like, oh my gosh, how did he do that? And then you want to go out and try it. And like, like he kind of like, that's how kind of how I saw him. And then also um, Kelly Stack, she's from Cleveland too. So it was really cool to like grow up watching her and kind of have that as like someone to look up to. And it's like, I said, like there wasn't a lot, especially girls like at that time were not coming out of Cleveland. So like to have her like come right from like where I'm from, I'm just like, that's crazy. Like, that's so cool. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> have you had the chance to meet her at all? Uh, since no, I haven't actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And thought and a question on Patrick Kane. Uh, do, have you ever tried one of his shootout moves in a practice or during a game? Because my favorite shootout move of all time is the one where he does the serpentine route, and then he just dangles like right in front of the goalie right. and then, uh, picks a top shelf. Have you ever tried that at all? Yeah, I mean, I've tried a few of them. I wouldn't say I'm like successful, but I've definitely like played around that. I'll always watch like the YouTube videos of like mm-hmm. the montage. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to try that. But like, yeah, no, I've definitely, I've definitely tried some of those. <laughs> Do you think yeah he's the best American player of born American born player of all time because just what he's accomplished in the NHL and then obviously what he's done with Team USA is pretty cool to see. Um, I don't know. I just feel like he's probably the best American player of all time. I want to get your perspective on that. Um, I I don't want to be controversial on here, but uh, I like I don't know if he's like the best. I would say, but I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got it. He's my favorite, Austin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think Austin Matthews def- definitely has the chance to potentially right. beat right. Patrick But Kane. he, like, came a little bit later, so. Yeah, you right. just have to wait a few years for that. But I think he definitely has a chance if he wins a cup with Toronto and uh, wins a gold medal for Team USA in the Olympics coming up if they allow NHL players. Right. Now, were you a big Rick Nash fan growing up? Because that's from talking to players who are from Ohio, that's kind of like the big figure from Ohio just because he played with Columbus for so many years and he kind of was a big, big player uh, from that state of what he did with Columbus as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I wasn't like a big, like fan not also like not a fan like I didn't it's funny because I don't really follow Columbus I mean like I see it but like I'm not like it's not that's not like the first game I want to watch I feel like sometimes obligated to like root for them because it's Ohio but it's just like it's not the same Columbus is very different from Cleveland but yeah how far away is it from Cleveland I'm just curious um, it's about three hours oh wow that's that's yeah. kind of a drive yeah so yeah. I can see yeah, that three, I think now, before you played at Northeastern, uh, you played at Gilmore Academy. Uh, just how'd you get the opportunity to go to that school and play hockey there? Um, so I played boys up until Pee Wee's. And I was actually playing at the same, like, skating club. So it was just this Cleveland Suburban Hockey League. It was all boys. I, there was, like, a one or two girls that were on my team at some point. But, like, most of my time there, I was the only girl on the team. Um my dad was my coach and I, you know, I, I, when I hit that age where hitting came, my parents were like, you're not like playing. Like I was way too small. Like I, I, I grew went way later in high school, but I was way too small to hit. And so I was, um, I, I kind of, I wanted to like go away to like boarding school. My parents were like, no, like, I don't think so. Like we want you to stay home, which I'm so glad that they did that. But, uh, so Gilmore, the head coach at the time, had reached out um, and just, like, 
he had like a daughter who played like in Cleveland Suburban Hockey League too. And he like reached out and said that if I were to transfer, cause I was at like a local Catholic school that my parents also went through. Um, they said if I were to transfer to like the middle school of Gilmore, then I could start practicing with the prep team and then play with the prep team in eighth grade. So my parents like do this, you know, this is like, this was one of like the only other team at this point in Ohio um, was well, now there's Barons for like UNT and stuff, but there was Columbus, um, the blue or the blue jackets. Yeah, I think that's they're just Columbus blue jackets, but they folded. So like Gilmore was like the only girls team really left. So I went there. I left my other school in seventh grade and then started practicing with them, uh, playing on the prep team in eighth grade. And then um, I when I aged when I, I think it was a sophomore when I was able to play the U19 because you have to like be a certain age for USA. So yeah. And talk about your experience at Gilmore and what did you take away from your time there? Um, it was, it was an interesting experience. I, I, there's a lot of things that I loved about it and there's a lot of things that I think like frustrated me about it. Um, like one of the frustrating things, but it's also like a good thing. Like there's good sides to it too. Like we, I had like every single year we had like a coach change or every, or I think I had four or three or four different sets of coaches in my time there and so it was really hard like for the first year like you can't expect them to come and have everything organized so it's almost like we were there for like these for these three like first years of like coaches and it's like there's nothing like you know there there wasn't a lot that was like established because that person wasn't there for long enough and there was always issues and there was a new coach so I think that was like super distracting but it also gave me a lot of different perspectives on the game because of a bunch of different coaches that I had which is something that like that I can take away from that but at the same time for like the team's sake or like you know playing like as a team and stuff like that I think it made it tough um but my sophomore year was the first year that we won district as like a program, won districts and went to the national tournament. And like being being able to be a part of that was super cool. And um, just for like a program first. And so that like felt really awesome to be part of. And it felt like, you know, we were getting finally like getting our name out there. And so like, yeah, it was, I, I did like love it, but it came, there were a lot of things going on there too. So. Yeah, why was there so many coaching uh, changes when you were there? You know, it was a, like the first coach left to get another job. There was a lot of like new job opportunities, like some like internal issues with the coaches, um, nothing like too serious, but it just like a lot of coaches just like weren't working out. They didn't fit like what, you know, the, the other people I like, Gilmore wanted. So I think that was just part of it. I don't, we don't know a lot of the details, but you know, it was, like I said, it was, it was tough to like really get the program going with that happening. So now, being part of the Gilmore Academy's first uh, team that won districts, how did that make you feel? And how did that kind of boost your confidence heading into uh, your next year out with Gilmore? Cause I think that's a really cool accomplishment, especially to have at such a young age in high school. Yeah, it felt really good. Like that team that year, I think was my favorite team that we had there. Um, it's just like everyone that was on that team like wanted to be there you know like my when I was in eighth grade like a lot of these girls like they weren't serious about hockey like um they, it wasn't like it wasn't a very serious program and they just played in the prep league and it was like oh we lost it's fine blah blah it's like they had they had other priorities as well and it's like I feel like that year was like every single girl on that team was like really really committed to being on that team and I think like that's why we did so well like we didn't have the best players in the nation on our team and it's like we also like won districts I'm not saying we won like national um championship but we didn't have like like a like a super deep team and I think we actually had like 11 skaters that year like it was such like a miracle year that it like worked out so that it like I said it got our name out there and then like I would go to camps be like oh I know what Gilmore is you know that was nice mm -hmm. it's like finally like, people kind of like know what it is and it brought I think a lot of attention and got some more girls to be interested in the school. You then went on to play in the PWHL for the Toronto Arrows. Um, how'd you get the opportunity to go to Canada and play for that team? And what led to that transition to, from Gilmore to uh, Toronto? Um, so my senior year at Gilmore, um, <clears throat> I actually moved to Minnesota for like a month 
um, I thought that I was, I wanted to play in Minnesota. There was a coach there that was close with the Northeastern coaches. I was already like committed to Northeastern and like thought this would be a good, they wanted me to be coached under him, um, front Colton. And, um, like that, that, so that was kind of like my route I was going to do and stay there for two years. Cause I had already had a gap. All right. When I committed to Northeastern, they gave me the choice of committing in 2019 or 2020. And I felt that Gilmore wasn't preparing me enough at that point in time for college, just because of the league that we were playing in. It wasn't super competitive. Um, I didn't like feel like I was like getting the most out of there so that's kind of why I initially made gave myself that extra year and then um went to Minnesota and then Minnesota didn't end up working out so I came home about after about like a month and a half and I um went back to Gilmore and I had to find another place to play that next year so they reached uh I had had a few friends that had played on the team before and so I kind of got in contact with the coaches and they uh, had me, so that was, it worked out very well. Yeah, so you're a 2019 graduate, not 2020? Yeah, so I graduated high school in 2019, and then I took that extra year in Toronto. Oh, okay. And just talk about your experience in the PWHL, and what was your favorite memory you've ever had there? Because Toronto is one of my favorite cities uh, besides Boston uh, to visit. I've only been there one time, but it's really cool. Yeah, so the PWHL was awesome. Um, my team itself and my coaches were really awesome. And, like, just that whole, like, it's, like, a whole other world there. Um, and, like, there was only allowed two Americans on every team. So it was me and another girl from Buffalo. And uh, she's actually going to Northeastern um, this next year. She's coming in. And so, like, we were the only two on the team. It was just, like, a whole new experience for us. And uh, just meeting a lot of the girls and just, like, how they they grew up playing in this like similar league their whole life and uh the team was super disciplined and it was very organized and there it was a lot more structured than I felt Gilmore was and I think that really helped prepare me for college because like I said it gave a lot more structure and, and like it, it made me um I feel like anything kind of went sometimes at Gilmore and it was just like I said there wasn't as many people that were really like this is like very important this is my top priority and so there it felt like that was the top priority and I wasn't going to school at the time. So that was like everything that I was doing. I was playing and then I was working. And so, um, yeah, it was a really awesome experience. And that was like one of the first time you're playing with a lot of D one commits as well. How did that exactly. help prepare you for college hockey when you were with uh, Toronto? Yeah. So at Gilmore, um, I kind of felt like uh, there was a lot of pressure on myself to do a lot for the team on my own. And so at first the transition to Toronto was actually pretty tough because like I was feeling like I have to learn to like trust my teammates, learn to play with other people. Like I would go from Gilmore to like some of these like development camps and I'd feel so out of place because I'm like, like skill wise and drills and stuff like I could keep up. But then when it got to the game, I just like kind of, I'd kind of like break down. I'm like, this is like, I don't, I can't make the right play because I'm not used to like having to make the right, you know? So that I feel like Toronto, like being able to play with these really, really good players who like kind of understand that like level and like how, what it takes to get to that level. Like that was really, that was like kind of like a turning point in my game. And I think I made a lot of like shifts on like who I am on the ice and like my role on the ice, um, like learning to play with better players. So I think it really helped me. I think it was really important that I had the experience before going to Northeastern. Yeah, and uh, talking to some other players who play in the PWHL, it's, is the style of playing Canada a little bit different than the style of play here in the U.S., or is it kind of the same since you're playing against Canadian and American players in that league? Yeah, it's it's similar. Like, there were some differences, like, and I think a lot of it, I wouldn't, like, I don't know if I could gauge it based on, like, Canada versus the U.S., because I think it a lot had to do with, like, each team specifically. Like, a lot of this was just new for me because I was on a brand-new team. I'd been on the same team for the same the past, like, five, six years. So I think, like, that was just, like, there was a lot of new things just because of that, like, change for myself. But, like, I wouldn't, I I guess I wouldn't be able to, like, say there was like really things that like stood out to me that were different from like the US and Canada other than like net guards. I hated wearing net guards. That's, that's <laughs> a, not anything to do with style of play, but yeah. 
Now talk about your recruitment process. Take me back to when you were getting recruited by Northeastern. What was that uh, process like for yourself? What made you want to go to Northeastern uh, versus other schools you might have looked at? Um, so I had kind of, I was considered like a late commit and I had committed going into my junior year of high school. And I had like went, I went all the way to like some Minnesota schools, all the way, like all, all down the East Coast schools. I looked at Ohio State, like some in the Midwest. And like, I, I knew I wanted to go to Boston. Like I had, that had kind of been my thing ever since I realized like I would, I could have an opportunity to play college hockey. I was like, I want to be in Boston. Like that, like that just like seems like the city I want to play in. And so like, I was really drawn to Boston and then like Northeastern stuck out to me just because of like, it's so good academically and it was like a growing program um like for hockey and so I just felt like like I've been able to like ever since I committed and like knew this is where I was going to go to school obviously I've been like following them and like seeing their growth as a team and then being able to step into that team like the year that they make it for the first time ever it's like a national championship game was really 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 cool and it's like obviously not as rewarding yet for myself because I wasn't there for the rest of it but like those older girls on the team like they are like as our leaders like they knew what it take they knew what it took to get this team where it is and I think that like holds a lot of us accountable because it's like walking in and we're like we're number one all year like this is cool but they like they like keep us in place like like the only reason we're here is because of this this and this right and like that's what makes this team so good. Mm-hmm. And how do you like try to maintain that success throughout the regular season, being the number one ranked team? Because obviously there's a huge target on your team's back uh, when you have that ranking. Yeah, I think um, it it was just about like it was really hard, like especially as a freshman to like meet people and get close to the team right away. But it was a lot of just like a lot it took a lot of discipline and it took a lot of learning especially like for myself to like understand what it meant to be a part of this team and like and like I feel like our like our captains and our coaches made like did everything they could to make sure that everyone knew what it meant to be a part of this team and like everyone bought into that and so that's what made us so successful is that there wasn't like like everyone was understanding their role and everyone was doing what they needed to do um in their position and they respected other people's roles on the team and I think like like us like all buying into that as a team like you just the, it just made us really like unstoppable and so like especially when we got our confidence built up and we're going you know game after game after game we're winning we're winning we're winning like that does a lot for a team like that builds a lot of confidence in a team and like in each other as players and so yeah I think the combination of those two is what really made us successful this year. Now, what was the biggest adjustment you had to make to college hockey? Was it kind of the speed of the game since you're going against uh, players that are a lot older than you are, or was it kind of the physicality since uh, a lot of the players that are older than you are know how to – I guess, like, the big thing I hear is, like, the puck battles and the board battles are something that's a huge adjustment for new players coming in, especially since you're going against older players. Uh, It's kind of hard to adapt to that. Right. Like, that was definitely tough coming in. Um, Like – like you said that physicality and so it was kind of something that we had to get used to quick and I think I wouldn't say that was my biggest issue I honestly think my biggest challenge coming in would be the same kind of issues I faced when I started at Toronto you know it's just like a whole different level of play it's um hold it like you know you have those really old girls that have been here for a while you've like olympic players like things like that it's like it's like these are the best girls in the country and like you are playing with and against them and it's like that like was very nerve-wracking for me and so i think a lot of the times like my biggest challenge was like my nerves would get the best of me and and i would like make a play and like in my head i'm like you know not to do that like that's not like the right play like you knew you should have made it quicker like that's going through my mind but like I couldn't like my body was I was too anxious and so like that's also why I focused a lot on building that confidence this summer so that like I don't let those nerves really like take over. Yeah what's it like uh, playing in the hockey's conference and just talk about some of the competition uh, you get to play uh, every weekend. Um, so I mean I actually only played nine games this year so I got hurt in that ninth game um, and so like obviously watching is like a whole other side of it too but 
like playing these teams in general it's like you I've been watching these games for like a like for years now and so it's just like playing in it it's like it's just so fast and it's and like it's that's like one, another reason like which like drove me to Boston was Hockey East because I think like this the competitiveness of the league and obviously being pods like whatever um like things like that where it's just like there's all this excitement around the game and like the competition and it's always like a, there were a lot of good close games and so like that's what makes it exciting like I don't want to go and like blow out a team like that's not you know so I think like the competitiveness and like the good matchups in the hockey East conference are like just make for like a better game more more fun now thinking back to this past year even though you only played uh, nine games uh, what do you think was the biggest uh improvement you made uh, throughout the season um I would say my biggest improvement would have probably been um like learning my role I like, I don't, I'm not sure if you mean physically or mentally, but like I said, being hurt, um, like the biggest improvement I think would have been that focus on like recovery and preparation because like I wasn't able to go on the ice. So I was in the weight room every day doing rehab. And um, so that, um, that was really like, that became like more of a priority for myself. Cause I'm always just like, I want to get on the ice. I just don't matter, blah, blah. I like, I didn't like really, not that I didn't understand importance at all, but I didn't, I was taking that like piece of it for granted. I wasn't like getting, using as many of the resources as I could. Um, and so I think that like, like I said, just preparing myself better and like recovering better was really important for me. And also just understanding like, you know, being, having to sit and watch in the stands was like tough, but like understanding about like, this is like, that's what it means to be part of this team. But one thing that did happen during your college hockey season when you were playing was you got your first college hockey goal against Maine. Uh, just talk about that goal and who was the first person you called after you scored that? Um, that was like one of the best feelings ever. Like scoring a goal in general is already such an amazing feeling. But just like I've, you know, been looking forward to this for so long and this has kind of been like my end game in a way, you know, it's like always just like college, college, college. And it's like, like being able like to experience that like was really awesome and it's actually funny everyone makes fun of me for my like post-game interview it's like terrible I'm like I don't even know what happened I like blacked out I forgot <laughs> and it was just like I sounded like terrible but um yeah it was like a it was a crazy feeling and like just going down the line and like seeing like my roommate um one of my roommates Abby she's just like just kind of like your number one like supporter always and um it just like I could literally see her face like immediately and like she was just like so excited and that was like really awesome to like you know like have that support from my teammates especially the girls in my class and so after the first one I call her was probably my dad and like I think my mom said that he was crying so he was like it was really cool moment for sure yeah that's awesome did you get to keep the puck I didn't I like I thought I would be able to because I see everyone gets to keep their puck, but I didn't get to keep it. I don't know. I never got it. That's but, weird. I feel like they always do that for every, even for every first college. They let you take a photo with it too. So that's that's I definitely know. weird. We should start a campaign to try to find that puck. I know. I think because other girls, I think on our team who did like got their puck. I don't know. Just mm -hmm. not paying for it. Whatever. Well, if someone from Northeastern Women's Hockey that's listening to this podcast find a way to get Annie her puck that she's scored her first goal, and I, I think she would appreciate that. And I would appreciate that, too. I feel like you deserve to at least keep that uh, memory, I guess. Now, now, something that was introduced to college hockey this past year was 3-3 three three overtime. Uh, as a fan, they're very fun to watch, but as a player, what's it like to be a part of them? And what was it like uh, for yourself getting to watch the 3-3 three three overtimes that your team was a part of as well uh, during the regular season? Um, well, yeah, obviously practicing them was also super competitive. So that was really fun. Obviously not the same as playing it in a game, but like watching it was really cool. It's like, it's crazy how creative like some people can get. And it's like, it's super fast, like back and forth. And it's like, especially like watching the stands, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like going one way and then it's going the other way so quick. And it's like, it's really fun to watch, especially like, like, like I said, the creativity is just like that's like my favorite part and like some girls on our team were just like so creative and mm -hmm. so good really fun players to watch 
Yeah, seeing Alina Mueller in those three. I know, that's situations. who I'm talking about. <laughs> she has that time and space. It's pretty much a guaranteed goal. Okay. So it was that was fun to watch for from a fan perspective. Yeah. Do you have to be a little more defensively minded in those overtime situations? Because if you make one little um, defensive mistake, it can cause an on-man rush for the other team and you lose possession as well. And that's kind of the key for those three and three overtimes is possession yeah. of the puck. Yeah, there's definitely like a lot of pressure there. And I think that's like, you know, the coaches know who those players are, who can take care of that on both ends and the rest of the team trusts them too. So um, definitely those people that can be both very strong defensively and offensively are really key players for those moments. Now, how did you handle not playing in front of any fans this past year? And was it weird not having that crowd noise? And watching your team play, something I noticed was how you, your team brought the energy on the bench whenever there was a blocked shot or another good play. Your bench went absolutely crazy. So was it cool to, like, was that something your team preached in the locker room before, like, the season started was, like, bring that energy on the bench since we won't have it uh, in the crowd? Definitely, definitely. Like, I mean, I can't really say because I've never played in front of a crowd, so it wasn't too different for me. Like, that this would have been the first time that I played in front of fans outside of, like, family. Um, so... I mean, it didn't make, like, such a, like, a big difference for me. If I had been there, like, a year before, I think there definitely would have been, like, some shift there. But, I mean, the internal energy within the team was, like, it was, it was like, above and beyond that. It, it, it was as if, you know, we were having that same energy coming from a crowd. And there was a lot of, like, energy stemming from, like, the warm-ups, the locker room before the game, locker room in between, like, periods like there's always like those people that will bring the energy up and like that's really important and people are always talking on the bench and like you know that that was never an issue for us there was always a lot of like really good energy and I think again that that was part of us being really successful yeah that was one cool thing to watch uh, without any fans I guess the one caveat to it even though I prefer having fans in the stands like everyone else does but one caveat to not having any fans in the stands was hearing the communication that happened on the ice which I thought was pretty cool to hear uh, from a fan perspective since you don't get that um, every day when you watch hockey. Yeah, and they're always, like, playing music in between, like, the shifts that, and, like, girls are always dancing on the bench, and it's just, mm -hmm. like, it keeps it really, like, fun and exciting. Now, do you think that will be an adjustment for yourself uh, next season, playing in front of a full house, I would assume, just because your team had such a great run, run this past year, you're going to get a lot of new fans to the stadium uh, this next year, I would assume. Yeah, I think so. It's definitely going to be a big change. Like it's going to, it's, I feel like it's going to feel really weird for me. Cause like I said, I've never like had that opportunity before. And, but I think at first I'll be like really nervous, but I think, um, I don't know. I think it will bring like a whole new layer of like energy and I'm really excited to see what that's like. Now, your team won the Hockey's Championship uh, this past year. Even though you weren't a part of any of those games that they played, how cool was it to kind of still be a part of the team and get to lift that trophy and see all your teammates um, uh, win that uh, championship heading into the national tournament? That was really, like, an amazing feeling, especially those girls that had, that had been the fourth year that they won it in a row. And so, like, like being able to see, like, all the hard work that they put in was really like inspiring. And at least I know for the younger girls and um, it was just a really, really cool feeling. Like I have like the only thing that we've like won is like my districts. And there was just like a banner for that, you know, like I've never had that like type of like win. And like, I feel like we were on track in Toronto and then of course the season got cut short. So like, it's almost like it felt like this had been something like leading up and like my past years too, where it's like, Oh, I've been waiting like for something like this. And like, even though I wasn't a part of it, like I knew that I like had done my part, like for the team at one point on the ice. And then like, I was still like doing my own thing in the workout room. And although that wasn't like directly affecting people on the ice, like it felt like it was like, it was just really rewarding for sure. Yeah, is it hard, I guess? Uh, obviously, it's very difficult not playing, but how do you, like, try to stay positive through all that not being on the ice and trying to watch the team playing? How do you try to still stay involved uh, with the team uh, when you're not playing? That was, like, that was my biggest challenge because I've never been, like, in that position before where, like, I've had to watch and, like, it took me – I mean, I was still, like, having – issues with it like towards the end of the year too like especially like seeing the rest of the girls in my class like being able to be on that ice for that national championship game like as happy as I was for this team 
it like, you know, like that small piece of me, it took a lot like for me to be able to like be there. Cause I'm like, I hate being this person, you know? And um, like, you know, for most of it, like I, like I, that, it was like so out of my control. And so like, it kind of, it took a lot of like understanding of like, like getting away from things that like I can't control, you know, like trying to just control the things that I can't control. And so like, I know I had a lot of people on my team, you know, like reach out to me and like talk to me and like knowing that they still like recognized me and stuff like that. And like, I, it helped me feel more a part of the team and um, just trying to like, again, take on that role the best of my ability. And like I said, it's definitely not something that was easy for me and definitely something that I struggled with the entire time, but it just pushed me. It's like, I don't want to be that person. So you got to work harder. So you're not that person when it's not like really your choice, you know, it's like, so I think that was kind of like an eye opener for me and it was, um, it was challenging, but it taught me a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's definitely, I've never had that experience before, but it's just something that's in the back of your head when you do see those players who don't get to play. It's like, how do they handle that? So that's cool. That's good that you had that mindset, though, during the season. And thinking about for this upcoming season, what are some of your goals and expectations uh, for yourself and for your team after you're finally going to get to play your first uh, game uh, back with Northeastern uh, for your sophomore year? Um. I'm I'm hoping to just come in ready to go kind of like pick up where we left off as a team and then like personally just you know I've been working really hard this summer to make sure that I'm ready for the beginning of the year and just kind of like making that like apparent to my teammates and coaches that like this is you know what I've been working for and hopefully like they'll recognize that too and you know I think we're gonna have like a big roster and so it's just it's going to come down to like who's working harder and who's like putting uh, again, like putting in more work. And so um, hopefully that hard work will pay off. And so I just, I don't know. I hope that, I hope that I get to experience more on the ice than I did last year. And I think that that's, I'm, that's in the plan. So, yeah. Now we're recording this in the summertime. So I just have to ask, when do you plan to head back to Boston and when are you going to see your teammates again? Like when's that whole training period start? Um, so my, we're kind of late. My moving date is September 5th. So I'm going to head back up there on the 5th. I can't like get into my dorm or anything before, but I know there's like a bunch of girls that are still up there. But like I said, I'm trying to, I like where I'm like where I'm skating right now. So I want to make sure to finish out those two weeks because like I said, my coaches, my coaches are really awesome and I want to stick with them as long as I can. And then also my office stuff, I want to finish my training program there. So I'm probably just going to wait it out until I move in on the fifth and then um, get skating there, which will be exciting to see everyone again. Oh yeah, definitely. That's probably the best part about back to school, even though the academic part of it, it's like you kind of dread it a little bit because it's like, yeah. oh, I got to do all these papers again. But yeah. it's cool seeing uh, your friends and teammates uh, back on the ice after a long off season, which I, at least this is what it felt like for me. It was felt like it was a long off season. Yeah, definitely. Now I want to ask you about some of your teammates. Uh, one teammate you get to play with is Skylar Fontaine. Uh, she's one of the best defensemen in college hockey. What's she like as a teammate, both on and off the ice? Um. So Sky is kind of like one of the older girls on the team that kind of like took me under her wing right away. And so like um, we became, we started to become like really good friends, like, and then like in the, in the training room and on the ice, she's someone that like knows, you know, when to help you out, like, like um, constructively and like, will tell you, you know, cause she's been there, she has the experience and she shares that, but she also like keeps things really light and she's like, she's like cracking jokes or laughing and so she's like someone who's like really fun to be around and like off the ice like I said like she's someone that she was like kind of looking after me like being younger and like her brother's in our class and I was friends with him too so just like um you know we go and get our nails done together and stuff like that so I got to spend like a lot of time with her and she was like someone that I was able to look up to on the team like because she's just obviously incredible to watch on the ice. Just like some of the things that she pulls out, you're like, Sky, where? I've never even seen you do that before. How did you just pull it off? So she's super exciting to watch, obviously, and um, really fun to be around on the ice. And you also get to play with uh, Lily Jovetic. Uh, what does she like as a teammate, both on and off the ice? Because in my opinion, I feel like she was one of the most underrated players in Hockey East uh, this past year. Um, she's free entertainment. I don't know. She's, she's funny. She... Uh, 
she's half the time we're either laughing with her at her but she knows that and um she's just she she's a really good player like you know drills that are like one-on-one and stuff on the ice especially like both being freshmen and stuff it like it was like a good competitive between us on the ice and like a good person to go up against like in drills and stuff and she'll like push you to get better and and then like I said off the ice you just she's funny Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she obviously played with the Ottawa ladies senators in the PWHL did you get the chance to play against her uh in juniors and how was it uh being teammates with her uh this year after playing against her the previous year um yeah so it's funny I've actually kind of known about her for a while like even when we were younger just through like different like tournament teams and stuff so I've always like known like who she is and it's one of like a showcase when we were in like seventh or eighth grade like I ran into her and like she like hit her head on the ice so hard and she like you know like talked back to me and like we kind of got into it and then like I didn't like I, I, I didn't really know her and then like we found out that we're both going there so we like get in contact and I like hope that she doesn't bring it up obviously we eventually talk about it but um playing against her in Ottawa was always exciting like I was like we're playing each other like oh and she had like been in the PW for a while so she kind of like gave gave me some tips on it and stuff like that so she she definitely helped me out even before I really got the chance to like meet her which was awesome and playing against her and her team was really fun too. So what is the biggest thing I guess you learned uh, throughout your freshman year Uh, um, and how are you going to use what you learned uh, during your freshman year heading into your sophomore year now? Um, The biggest thing I I learned is that um, I don't know, it's so cliche, but like anything can happen. Like, you know, I never would have pictured myself like being hurt the whole year. I never even would have pictured like being on like a number one team the whole year, like getting that as far as we did. Like, obviously when I got there, I knew that was potentially going to happen. But like coming into it, like I had no idea what was about to happen, especially with COVID and stuff like that. Like there was there were so many things that made this year really, really difficult, but that also like taught me so much in my first year. And I feel like I have like almost a few extra years of experience when like in reality, it was just like we had been through so much in one year. And so I think, again, just like anything can happen, like be prepared for anything and everything. And I think um, that's, yeah, I guess that would be it. Well, we're now in the non-hockey segment of the podcast where I ask you some non-hockey questions. My first question to you is, uh, what is your biggest pet peeve? My biggest pet peeve? Um, So growing up with, like, a bunch of brothers, uh, I would probably say whenever someone, like, when they're, like, like cereal or something and you, like, finish it, but you put, like, the box back in the cupboard or you, you leave enough that's not for a bowl, like, my brothers will always do that and it just, it makes, because I, like, wake up, I'm, like, in a rush to go somewhere, like, I'm just gonna have a bowl of cereal and go and then it's just out, okay? Or it's, like, milk or, like, orange juice or something like that, like, I don't know, something about, just throw it away, it's so close, why do that? Yeah. Yeah, I do the same thing. So it's something that I don't know if it, maybe it's a guy thing. I'm not sure. Yeah, you got to fix that. Just throw it out. Is your, I bet you your trash can is close to whatever thing that you have. Just put it in the trash can. So yeah, no, terrible. You need to fix that. Uh, my biggest pet peeve is just bad driving. I'm assuming you're, you're in Boston. You got to see how Massachusetts drivers are a little bit different than the rest of the country. So uh, whenever I'm behind someone that's going very slow or out of control, it really makes me frustrated. So that's probably my biggest pet peeve. You know, people who know me are gonna laugh when they hear this because I'm probably the worst driver ever. So look at we both have each other's puppies. <laughs> I'm, I'm a terrible, terrible driver. I've been in way too many accidents. Whether that is my fault, it's definitely, actually it's definitely all my fault. But yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a terrible driver. You would not want to drive anywhere near me, and it's probably not good because I'm bringing my car to Boston this year. Mm-hmm. So that's gonna be quite dangerous. I think I'll just like let other people. Mm-hmm. Drive you, the car. Yeah, no. There's just some spots in Boston you probably should avoid just because like yeah. like Doro Drive, for example, that's like a spot I would avoid just because there's so much traffic there and it's kind of yeah. hard to merge into that road as well. Yeah, I will be avoiding um other like very busy places. Those are not mm-hmm. those are not safe for me. Now what is uh, your favorite TV show? My favorite TV show. Um, The Blacklist. Do you know The Blacklist? I've heard of it. Never seen it before. 
it's like a, it's really complicated and so I have to like rewatch it a few different times and I think that's what keeps me invested is that I still don't really know what's going on but it's really good um and I just kind of like like act like that action part of it and then like the crime and stuff like that is super cool and I also like have you seen on Netflix? It's kind of new, I think, but it's like, I think you should leave. It's like little bits. Oh, yeah, with uh, yeah. Tim Robinson, right? Tim Robinson, yeah. I think that show's f- so funny. I like already watched the, f- I watched like the second season the day it came out and like finished it in the first day. I'm like, I should have waited. I should have dragged mm-hmm. it a little bit more. But like, that's like exactly my humor. I think that's so, so hilarious. So that show too. But yeah. Yeah, for me, it's probably like, I guess The Office. I know that's probably a basic, basic answer, but it's just a funny show and it's good to turn off your brain. Yeah. So that's probably mine. But I mostly just watch sports. I really don't watch too much TV. I'm really just watching yeah. hockey or football or baseball. So um, I'm not the best uh, TV guy, to say the least. Yeah, I don't really like in my free time, my like I'll maybe watch it like before I go to bed or something, but like in the middle of the day or stuff, like my I never really like sit down and watch TV. I'm usually like doing something else. So I'm I wouldn't say I'm like the biggest TV person either. Yeah, no, definitely once in a while. But if there was a TV show made about your life, uh, who would you want to play yourself and why? Um, Will Ferrell. I don't know. I think that would be funny. Mm-hmm. I, he could just I he's just so I like people that are funny and I would want someone really funny to play me even though that I don't do they have to look like me do they have to like I just, it really doesn't matter I just want, just I just want him I just yeah. want him to do yeah I I would like him to play me in a movie that'd be funny that'd be a good movie I have a similar answer like I, I would have Pete Davidson play me in a movie yeah. even though we look nothing alike I think the dude's hysterical we have like the same sense of humor so that's who I would pick if I, there was a movie made about my life right maybe like Jonah Hill that'd be funny. Mm-hmm. yeah or um Channing Tatum as well him and yeah. Jonah were very funny yeah, that's, 22 yeah. Jump Street movies, so. yeah. one, one, of, one of those two would be cool as well or DiCaprio just because why not that would be cool. have say have him play I, I could say that he played me in a movie one time not many right times. <laughs> Now, who's the funniest teammate you have at Northeastern? Funniest teammate I have. There's a few. Um, I don't, like, there's some people that are, like, unironically, like, just funny. Like, Molly Griffin is just so, like, unironically funny. Like, she is, like, no idea that she's being funny. But she's someone that, like, always makes me laugh. Um, And Katie Sipra is also very funny uh Payne Anderson there's like we have a lot of funny people on our team actually I heard um, Elena Mueller is very funny too exactly but I feel like most of the time like it's it's also like unironic mm-hmm. like she is like it's more of just like her reactions and stuff like that like she like makes me I sit next to her and I sit between her and Chloe and also like their conversations and like interactions make me laugh too so yeah mm-hmm. Elena is definitely very funny now, besides yourself, who has the best style on the team? On or off the ice? Uh, both. You have the best style on and off the ice, but who's taking second place <laughs> in your opinion? Um, uh, Alina. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She, her game day outfit, Sky also has really good game day outfits. She comes in, she's got like these headbands and like different patterns. I feel like so boring, but she always looks really good coming into the ring. And Alina on the ice just looks like she's like been playing pro for like six years. Like, I don't know. She's good. Yeah, definitely those two for on and off. But Alina's also got, pulls out some crazy outfits too for the games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I feel like it's it's harder for uh, women's hockey players, uh, like, to get ready for a game just because for me as a men's hockey player, like, um, all you have to wear is, like, a suit, and that's basically it. Yeah. Like, you don't have to think too much, but I feel like it's hard just to think about, like, what you have to wear as a female. It is. It takes up way too much of my time before a game. That's why I do it, like, the day before. I'm like, okay, I know what I'm wearing, so I don't have to think about this tomorrow. But then you can also tell who has the best style because whoever pulls out the good outfits, like, you mm-hmm. really got to put something together. Yeah, no, I was never the best dressed on the team. I just wore a simple black suit with the black tie. Nothing like too crazy. I think I pulled off a bow tie one time. That was, I think, the craziest thing I ever did. But I know some guys like Zgrass, like on BU, he sometimes pulls off some really nice stuff. Like he wore a skelly cap one time, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, it's funny. 
Now back to some hockey questions. Now, uh, what do you think should be done to grow women's hockey in your opinion? Obviously the world championships is going on right now with Alina Mueller playing in them. Um, mm -hmm. so do you think that's like a tournament that can be, uh, bring some exposure to women's hockey? Definitely. I mean, I watched that growing up and um, actually, so where I skate, Russ, um, he has like a daughter and so he's like really focused right now on like growing the girl side of the game and there's not like a huge amount of girls but the past couple of weeks I'll run practices or help run practices on Wednesdays with like a bunch of like young girls and like I never had that at my age and so like I think like even that that is even happening um is really awesome especially in the area that we're in because like I said, like I never had like girls come out and like skate with us and when I was that young and like working with these girls like makes me like love the game like more because I like remember being that age and like kind of not like knowing what to do and blah, blah. But like if I like if I ever saw like an older girl, I was like, oh, my gosh, like I want to do that. And like it was kind of like I was talking about Patrick Kane, like you just it makes you want to go out and try things it's like when you see that stuff as a kid. And so I think just like like any time that you can like if you have the opportunity to go and like if you're a girl like skate with like younger girls and like I know that's not like available to everyone but like a lot I feel like a lot is being done to like start you know now younger with them and like like we had like a good like 10 to like 15 girls and they were like these two hour sessions and it was just like like being able to watch like them that young was really awesome and cool and I think that like I said just like giving back when you can to like thinking of yourself when you were that age um mm -hmm. if there's someone that you know be that person that like you would have wanted when you were that age yeah yeah no I totally agree with you I think it's also cool to see like you giving back to your community because a lot of those players are going to look up to you now just because they're from the same area you're from because growing up for myself one of my favorite players was Maxim Latunov he played for UConn it was cool to see a player from playing at the Connecticut school I'm having really good success at that school and even though he might not be the most well-known player it was definitely a player I looked up to so I feel like that's something that some people might not consider as well yeah now what advice would you give those younger players who are trying to pursue a career in division one college hockey um you oh that's tough what advice would I give um not good at getting the best. Uh, let me think. I guess it's just like, like, um, you know, don't, it's, I don't, this sounds terrible. Don't give up. Like, I don't want to say that to someone, but like, actually, cause there's so many times that like, I felt like I was too worried about the situation I was in instead of just like pushing myself to get better. And like, at the end of the day, like you're the only person that can make you as good as you are you like you know what like you're the only person that can stay consistent you're the only person that can wake yourself up and go to practices no one can like force you to do that and so i think like like staying consistent like holding yourself accountable if you like you really like love the game like don't let yourself get burnt out because like i felt burnt out and it's like a terrible feeling it like separates you from the game and it sucks but like i said just like finding like that balance of like if everything in your life, I think is really important. Like I would say like play like more than one sport, like um, make sure to still have that piece of like your social life and like focus on school. It's just like, I felt like I was at extreme sometimes where I was like just hockey and like, I felt like I, you know, that made it work. Like as a person, like mentally that was tougher because I didn't have that like balance. So I think like, you know, that's really hard to tell like a really young girl, but like finding balance between all aspects of your life, I think is important. I think that's a good way to end things off, but do you have any shout outs you'd like to give before uh, the interview ends to any of your teammates, family members, friends? Um, I mentioned a couple of your teammates, but if there's someone, yeah. feel free no, to I mean, shout out to all my teammates. They're awesome. And I can't wait to be back in Boston seeing them. I mean, we have like most of the same team from last year. That's exciting. Um, shout out Aaron Frankel. Cause she, Oh my gosh. Aaron Frankel is the funniest person on the team. I think she's so, okay. I changed my answer now. Shout out Aaron. You're really funny. Um, Shout out my parents. They're cool. My brothers, I guess. They're cool too. Yeah, that's maybe that's it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Annie, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it a lot. Uh, I wish you all the best for your upcoming season with Northeastern. I'm excited to see your team play in person, which will be fun. 
And it was an honor interviewing today, and I love watching you play for your nine games, and I can't wait to see <laughs> the things you accomplish uh, next year with uh, Northeastern. Yes, hopefully you'll see more next year. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you to everyone who listened to today's episode. I really appreciate it, and it means a lot to me. Make sure you follow our social media accounts, and I'll see you guys next time with another great episode. But until then, take care, everyone, and have a great day. Bye. One step forward and another back I will never try to fool ya I'm one heartbeat away from going mad Girl, when you're looking like that Closer, closer I'ma get closer to you Yeah, got me Got me hooked on you once again Smiling like that, I can never resist it. Smiling like that, I can never resist it.